0: podcast, a place where your hosts Wendy and April discuss the creepy things that lurk in the misty shadows of the Appalachian Hills. I am as always, the mysterious voice in the walls.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Wendy and I'm April. Today's tale deals with a relentless spirit who is believed to kill people from beyond the grave. In 1938, Carl Pruitt and his wife lived in Pulaski County, Kentucky. The fateful day these events were set into motion was a typical day and Carl was returning home from his work as a carpenter. However, it was about to become anything but typical, because when Carl entered the home, he caught his wife engaging in a torrid affair with another man. Carl was enraged, and his wife's lover was able to make a fast getaway during the initial confusion and yelling, but she had to stay behind and face her husband's wrath. He was so infuriated by her betrayal that he pulled out a length of chain he had on him from work and used it to strangle her to death. Once the act was done, and his rage subsided into grief, he then took a gun and ended his own life. As tragic as this story is, this was only the beginning of the grief and horror that was to come. His wife's family did not want the monster that killed their daughter to be buried next to her, much less in the same cemetery. The story goes that to satisfy the grieving loved ones, Carl and his wife were buried in cemeteries on opposite ends of the county. After Carl was laid to rest, people began noticing something strange about his graveside. The phenomena is described in two different commonly told stories. One says that something strange was going on in the grass growing over his grave. It seemed that there were strange yellowing patches of grass that appeared to resemble links of a chain. The other says that his tombstone itself began to have yellow discolorations appear that resembled links of a chain, and that these discolorations continued to appear until it formed the shape of a cross. Obviously, when these stories began circulating among the residents, the gravesite began to draw the wrong kind of attention. A teenage boy decided to prove his bravery, and in front of an audience of his friends he threw a rock at Pruitt's gravestone, causing it to chip. The teens then took off on their bikes, but their fun was cut short by a horrendous event none of them saw coming. The boy who had thrown the rock was speeding along when the sprocket of his bike broke. This caused him to wreck, and in the process, the bike chain wrapped around his neck, choking him to death. It is said that later, when it was checked, the chip on the gravestone had miraculously disappeared. The boy's mother, distraught over her son's death, soon sought revenge herself, blaming the spirit of Pruitt for murdering her son. She went to his gravesite and took an axe to the gravestone, chopping the stone into smaller pieces. She was later found tangled up and hanging from her clothesline. After her death, the gravestone returned to its unblemished state. Shortly after this incident, a local farmer was riding by the grave in a horse-drawn wagon with a few family members who had all heard the stories of the cursed tombstone. He stated that he was not afraid of ghosts and fired his revolver several times at the headstone. Chunks flew from the stone and the horses became frightened from the shots. The horses began to run, which caused the wagon to veer out of control. The family members jumped to safety, yet the farmer held on to the reins. The wagon went around a curve and the farmer was thrown from his seat. His neck was caught on a chain and the pulling from the horses caused it to snap. As always, the headstone showed no signs of damage after the farmer's death. Carl Pruitt's gravestone quickly became known as cursed among the people of the town. Because of this, two police officers were summoned to go to the grave to investigate. They did not take the accusation seriously, and one even made jokes about the curse and Carl's grave while they were there taking photographs of it. When the officers left the site, one happened to glance in the rearview mirror and discovered that they were being followed by a large ball of light. This was terrifying, and the officer driving, who had been the one to joke about the legend, sped up in an attempt to outrun it. His driving became more frantic and reckless until he swerved off the road and crashed between two fence posts. The officer in the passenger side was thrown from the car and escaped with minimal injuries. The driver, on the other hand, was found dead in the driver's seat with a chain from the fence post wrapped so tightly around his neck that it had nearly decapitated him. People in the town began to avoid the cemetery completely after this incident. A diehard skeptic in the community decided to prove once and for all that there was nothing to the curse but a bunch of superstitious nonsense. One night, he set out to the graveyard with a chisel and a hammer. People who lived near the cemetery reported hearing pounding sounds coming from the cemetery, followed by an unearthly scream. When the sounds were investigated, the man was found dead by the cemetery gates. The chain that was used to secure them was wrapped tightly around his neck. Family members of others who were interred in the cemetery began to have their loved ones moved to other resting sites. Carl had no living family willing to take care of his grave, and soon the cemetery became overgrown and completely abandoned with only his grave remaining. According to the local stories, the cemetery was bulldozed over in 1958 and turned into a strip mine. The spirit of Carl Pruitt, referred to as the chain strangler, has claimed no further victims.
2: it's time for the breakdown. So I think the big question here is, can taking so much anger and hostility to your grave cause your final resting place to be cursed?
1: I think there's some interesting things to unpack here. Oh yeah. There's a lot. So some of the notes that I wrote down, you know, maybe his spirit felt that he was wronged enough by being cheated on Mm -hmm. and having to find out in such a way Um, that the desecration of the grave was just too much. But my question about all of that is the desecration of the grave didn't start until after the chain links started appearing. So what do we think the chain links mean? So we know that the story goes, he was so angry, he killed his wife. And once he, you know, oh, gosh, you know, what did I do? Then he was just so racked by grief right. that he killed himself. Yeah, he did feel guilty after doing so that. So I think that the that the appearance of the chain, whether it was in the grass over his grave or whether it was on the tombstone itself, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So why do we think the chain showed up there? Is that like a penance? To remind him of what he did, or to remind the world of what he did? That's possible. Um, You know, maybe, especially the, you know, the chain in the one story where it shows up on the tombstone itself. It talks about how the chain links formed Mm across. And so, I thought that was just a really interesting detail to be included in the story. You know, maybe that's a
2: lesson learned. Um, Maybe other people need to learn. Don't let your anger overcome you. It's a good point. I understand. I mean, I can understand in the beginning him being angry. No mm-hmm. one wants to walk in on that situation. No. no one wants... You know, that that would be a horrible, horrible thing. But he might have taken the wrong way out. You know, yeah. You know, you're angry. There's better ways to handle that. Probably um, should
0: have slept on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give that 24 hours and then decide how we want to handle time. it. But, yeah. And maybe that's, that's a lesson. Seeing that symbol. Seeing that... Maybe that's a lesson to... Think things through before you act in anger. And
1: there's so many ways we can look at that as a symbol. Mm -hmm. So if we think that that's a symbol meant for him, Mm -hmm. meaning that it's some kind of a reminder to him and maybe to others as well. Right. But more so directed at him, like a, you know, look what you did Mm kind of thing. That kind of brings some interesting thought into the desecration part of it. Because especially if it's on the tombstone and it's supposed to be some kind of penance or reminder to him, Wouldn't his ghost want that to be destroyed? True. True.
2: That does make sense, yes. So, where's all this anger coming from? Where's all this curse and revenge coming Mm -hmm. from? That's a good question. Yeah. So, in my research, um, we could not find any evidence of people in the story actually existing.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting because, you know, there are a lot of specific places talked about and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of specific names that are talked about. But when you go to find examples or find evidence of this, that there's no newspaper articles, Mm -mm. you know, and if this happened in the 30s and on up until, you know, possibly the 50s, whenever we, you know, we said it said that the site was bulldozed in 58. You know, there were newspapers. Oh, yeah. You know, there wasn't an Internet, but there's newspapers and things like that there should be a record of. Now, one thing I thought was interesting, and there wasn't a date as to when this happened, but one of the articles that I looked at said that there was a courthouse fire in Pulaski County. So that destroyed all the paper records. So there's no local death certificate. And the people who had written that had gone on to do more research, and they said the closest thing that they could find was a death certificate from 1950 Mm -hmm. that happened in Louisville. And the death certificate was for someone named C. Pruitt, Carl Pruitt, Mm -hmm. possibly. But Carl Pruitt's name is always spelled P-R-U-I-T-T, and this is spelled P-R-E-W-I-T-T, Pruitt. Mm -hmm. And um, so so there's a difference there. But it did list on this person's death certificate that they died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's a big coincidence there. So, that and that is, that's a big coincidence in and of itself, that the there was a fire that burned the records. Um, but I do think that if we had a murder-suicide, I feel like you would be able to find a newspaper article about it, that.
0: Yeah, the, there would definitely, with a murder-suicide and like, I don't know... What what town was this in?
1: Well, it's a Pulaski County. It's, it didn't say the town.
0: They had to have had a newspaper. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. At least the newspaper focused on that county. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, I mean, it just seems inconceivable it would not show up in the newspaper.
2: And then also all of the deaths
1: yeah. that were talked about. None of those. There's no record. There's of, no record of any of that in the the newspapers the newspaper. or that we could find online. So I thought it was kind There's like five deaths attributed to this tombstone, and if any of that was true, surely there's something written about it out there somewhere. You know, somebody would have written a book. Mm-hmm. Somebody would have you know written a newspaper article. Something would exist because you know the 30s in 1938. That's not all that long ago, really, if we're thinking about in technological advancements and stuff. Um, And, you know, even up until 1958, that's, I mean, I know that we're kind of old, but (laughs) that doesn't feel like, that doesn't feel like that's that long ago. right? You know.
2: So, yeah, between the no newspaper articles, but this story has enough detail. It Mm -hmm. has so much detail that it almost makes you feel like it's true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of detail to this story, and there's just more and more added to it. That, that to me, gives the story a lot to make it feel like it's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I thought was interesting, one of the stories talks about a farmer in a, a horse-drawn wagon with family members. And I was kind of trying to, like, orient that in my mind as to, you know, time period. Mm-hmm. Because then it talks about the policeman being in a car. Right. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting disconnect there
2: yeah as I was researching and I saw that story about the farmer I thought would they be in a wagon in this time mm-hmm. but then I thought I don't know maybe it's one of those weird overlaps where some people were in cars and some weren't I don't know possibly um, believe it or not I'm not that old so I don't know <laughs> what was going on in that time right I think the next question is could these events actually happen so the events that happen to the individual people are these things that could actually happen
1: well, I mean... Okay, so the kid riding the bicycle and the chain snapping you know, or the sprocket breaking and him having a wreck and it getting wrapped around his neck, that seems a little improbable right. to I was, me. Right, I was with it all the way
2: up until the chain wrapping around his uh-huh.
0: Because yeah, I was thinking where the chain is on a bike and how it's going to pop up. Even yeah. if you're a small kid on a little bike, that's still some distance to... get around, like, I just, I don't know about that.
2: These were definitely teenagers, so when I'm thinking
1: of that, I I just don't, that's not plausible. I mean, um, unless we're thinking it's some kind of Final Destination scene where death is, you know, moving the chain to get revenge, you know, I I just, it seems improbable to me that that could happen. Um, And then with the mother... The clothesline. The clothesline. You know... My family had a clothesline for years. Mine did too, but it was never like high enough that you could be hanged from it.
2: you
0: have to really jump up on it. (laughs) It'd it'd be a challenge.
2: Especially, you know, if you had clothes on it, weighing it down. Right. I just, I'm not seeing that. And even if you were twisting yourself up in it, I just don't think that's plausible. Yeah. The way that it's hanging.
1: That one didn't make sense to me either. I'm
2: not thinking that one.
1: Now, the the farmer being in the runaway wagon, possibly Possibly. getting his neck snapped. You know, if we're talking about horses tethered to a wagon, there's all kinds of, I don't know about chains, but there's definitely, like, leads and things that are working in there. I don't know about chains on a wagon like that, though. No,
2: but I could see you scaring your horses. Oh, yeah, and and possibly that
1: creating some kind of an accident and possibly a death. So that one seems, so far, the most probable Mm -hmm. one to me.
2: The wrecking of the police officers. I was with them all the way up until the wreck. Mm -hmm. How did the chain get around his neck?
1: Well, that was my question. Even if if you're in a car. Now, that would be more believable to me if they were in a wagon. Yeah. Because if you're in a wagon and you go between two fence posts and there's a chain there, sure, I can see that happening. But you're in a car... How is this chain going to get in the car? Mm-hmm. You know, did it go through the windshield? I mean, you'd th- about have to take the top off the car, I would think, for something like that right. to be probable. And also, what's with the ball of light chasing the police exactly. car? That's the only one where something like that seems to show up. Mm-hmm.
2: And let's go to the gravestone. It's getting destroyed. It's getting chipped.
1: Okay, I want to know what kind of an axe this mother had (laughs) that is capable of chopping up a gravestone, which, you know, we think of those as being made out of, like, marble or granite or some kind of heavy-duty stone. I don't know what kind of an axe this woman had, but uh, it apparently is an axe of legend.
2: (laughs) And, And how does this thing miraculously go back? Right. How does it go back together?
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's something supernatural going on there... Mm, eh. um, I'm too science I, 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 I I'm too science nah, to believe I that. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't get that. But the final death of the man in the graveyard at night, mm-hmm. that one is the most probable of all of them to me. Because if there's a chain on the, the gate post and that's maybe strung between the gate and he's out there in the graveyard in the middle of the night, something he sees something that spooks him and he takes off running. I can see him maybe running into that.
0: And, and even if that didn't happen, if he just if he finished up his job of beating on the gravestone, maybe leaving the cemetery, he sort of got his his senses got the best of him. Yeah. And that yeah, that is a little more plausible.
2: That is plausible. Mhm. Yes. So, is it a good ghost story? Absolutely. Definitely. It has all the makings of a good ghost story. Um, Do I think people have added to it over the years? 100%. -hmm. I think different things have been added to it because there are different variations. There are variations as to what happened to his grave. Mm -hmm. Um, One was the strip mine bulldozed. Um, One was the whole town just moved away from the grave. (laughs) <laughs> so that they wouldn't have to deal with that's, the curse anymore
0: that that would be impressive just like yeah. the entire next city council is like no we all agree to shut down the yes. city and, and
2: we are done with it. We're, we're not done. losing any more people
1: we are done with this curse we're all just going to move all those in favor so my question if this story is true mm-hmm. how come the bulldozers weren't cursed Oh, I mean, if this story is true and you know, I don't care how evil somebody was, if they're getting ready to clear land for some kind of commercial production, like a strip mine, they're not just going to leave some dude's body in there. Oh, no, but I mean, let's assume they did. Let's assume they just left it there and they're going to bulldoze the whole thing. If you're bulldozing over the tombstone, you're desecrating it, you're breaking it up the same way as happened in the other stories. Why were none of those people affected? The, the right.
0: spirit was too tired by then. <laughs> he, he was exhausted.
1: Yeah. He had ran out of, of anger.
2: There's only so much you can do with a chain, so he was out of That's ideas. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. So is this kind of like an urban legend?
1: It really put me a lot in mind of the Octavia Hatcher Mm -hmm. gravestone pranks that, you know, people in the town were going out there and turning her grave statue around. Um, It really had a lot of that vibe to me. So I feel like local urban legend. But at the same time, those are usually teach some kind of a lesson. And I'm kind of failing to see what the lesson is here, unless it's, you know, as you mentioned, don't let your anger get the best of you. Mm -hmm.
2: Or don't touch someone else's gravestone. Possibly. Be respectful. Be respectful. You never know what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, surely. And I would like to say this. Everyone knows not to go and touch other people's gravestones and would <laughs> desecrate them. However, we have we see oh, the news. Yeah, stuff happens. People there are, are those people out there. People are dumb. So maybe this was an urban legend developed to let those people see. Hey. This might be why you don't want to do this. You Mm -hmm. might be cursed. So, maybe it's
1: a lesson like that.
2: Yeah, it's possible.
1: When I think about the story, though, I mean, it almost makes more sense to me if the wife was the one who became the ghost. Right. Seeing as how she was the one who was murdered, despite the fact that she was engaging in illicit activities. Um, It made more sense to me that she would be the ghost because she was the one that was murdered. Like, I was trying to reconcile how the husband is the one who becomes the ghost Mm -hmm. here the angry vengeful spirit
2: that makes sense but we can agree
1: it is a very good ghost story it is definitely a good ghost story You can contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunted Haulers. You can also send us an email at HauntedHaulers at gmail.com. And we also have a webpage, www.hauntedhollers.com. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear what you think. If you wouldn't mind, stop by Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Until
2: next time, listeners, beware of things lurking in the shadows.